You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. NFL season starts one week from tomorrow, and the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered. From August 30th, which was Monday, all the way through September 8th, it's Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview, and it's taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed right now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, we made it to September. It is Wednesday, September 1st. And we are now just a nice and tidy 69 days away from the start of college basketball season. We teased yesterday who this number was going to be about today. But for those who missed it, the number 69 is all about Brandon Clark. And to be totally fair and transparent with you, I am actually cheating a little bit on this one because I'm taking Brandon Clark's 2019 field goal percentage of 68.7, and I'm going to round it up to 69%. And that 69% field goal percentage is the best in school history of any qualified player for a single season. DeMontis Sabonis shot 67% in 2015. Casey Calvary shot 66% in 1999. And Drew Timmy shot 65.5% this past season, but nobody has ever shot better from the floor in a Gonzaga uniform than Brandon Clark, who had one of the most efficient and analytically friendly seasons in modern college basketball history, highlighted by breaking the school record in blocks and in field goal percentage at 69%. Come back tomorrow when we go back to the NCAA tournament and we talk about what the number 68 means in Gonzaga history as we continue our countdown to the start of college basketball season. Okay, today on the show, we are doing our Gonzaga Women's Mega Preview for the 2021-2022 season. We will go through the roster. We will go through what we know of the schedule and the rumored opponents that are not totally confirmed yet. And then we'll finish the show with the three biggest storylines coming into the season. As I mentioned yesterday, we're going to do the same exact thing tomorrow for the Gonzaga men's team. And then we will have a mailbag episode on Friday. Before we get to that, one thing that I want to talk about, and that's Jeff Barzello over at ESPN released his updated September early preseason rankings, and he still has Gonzaga in at number one, and he talks about Andrew Nemhard in this, saying that the preseason hype for Andrew Nemhard seems quieter this season than it did last season, even though he's going to have a much bigger year this year. So that was an interesting uh, point to talk about with Andrew Nemhard there. Other teams that Gonzaga is going to face, he's got UCLA in at number three, Texas in at number five, Duke in at number 11, Alabama in at number 16, and then Texas Tech, he originally had, uh, or at least in his last rankings, he had him in the top 25. He is now out of the top 25. He's got him as his first team next in line, which is right around where I think Texas Tech is going to start the season, right on that borderline of the top 25. So an interesting article over on ESPN if you want to read it. Uh, Jeff Borzello's latest top 25 and a blurb on uh, Andrew Nemhard and why he thinks he's due for a huge season as the number one lead guard in Spokane. 
All right, that's all I really want to talk about, the news and notes. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Gonzaga women's basketball team. We are going to do a mega preview for their season. We're going to talk about the roster. We're going to talk about the schedule. And then at the end of the show, we'll talk about the three biggest storylines to watch as we head into the season. Before we get there, I want to talk about Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start their season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, both open now at Bet Online. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. If you make a bet on the September 9th season opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, and if you lose it, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. From football, basketball, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo codes Locked On and NFL100. Okay, let's get to the Gonzaga women's season preview here. I want to go through their roster first. And their official roster is not online quite yet. Neither is Gonzaga men's. And it's very possible that some of these players um, are going to use their COVID year. uh, And I mean that in the underclassmen too, not just the seniors who are taking an extra season. Like if you're a sophomore and you wanted to take a COVID year, essentially like a redshirt, you can come back and be a sophomore again this season. I don't know how all of these rosters are going to shake out. So what I'm saying is that everybody outside of the seniors, because uh, Gonzaga's got two seniors who decided to stay an extra season, everybody else I'm just advancing one year on their timeline, just assuming that they're not going to take that COVID year. It's very possible they will. We can talk about that later on. So I'm going to talk about the roster, what their uh, averages were last season, and what we're looking at heading into this season. The point guard options on the roster. Kaylee Trong, who was the starting point guard last year and should start at the point guard spot this season. She's a 5'9 junior, averaged 24.7 minutes last year, 7.8 points per game, 4.1 assists, shot 39% from the field. Other point guard backup options include her sister, 5'9 junior, Kaylin Trong, who averaged 17.2 minutes a game last year, 4 points and 3 assists, uh, shot 36% from the field. Two other players are looking for playing time are 6'1 sophomore Michaela Williams, who played in 20 games last year and made one field goal, and then 5'8 freshman Peyton Muma, who we talked about yesterday. She's the second-ranked prospect in all of Colorado. Perimeter wing players, shooting guards, small forwards, however you want to quantify it. I just call them wings. We got 5'8 COVID senior uh, Sierra Walker, who was a starter last year, should start again this year, 25 minutes a game last season, 6.5 points, 2.5 rebounds, shot 41% from beyond the arc. Six-foot COVID senior Abby O'Connor, who could step into the starting lineup, averaged 13.5 minutes a game last year, 2.7 points, shot 39% from deep. Other options on the wing include six-foot-two redshirt junior Kylie Griffin, who has not played yet in all three seasons she's been on campus because of multiple different injuries. Six-foot freshman Callie Stokes, who we talked about yesterday as well. She's from Southern California, had a huge senior season. And then six-foot-two five-star freshman Bree Salenbein from Michigan, the highest-rated recruit in school history. 
At the forward spot, 6-1 senior, Melody Kempton. She is the only true senior on this team, uh, somebody who has been here for four years, has been a sixth man each of the last few seasons, could very easily jump into the starting rotation this year. Average 18.2 minutes a game last year, 6.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, was one of their best offensive rebounders, a very efficient 61% from the field. Other forwards looking to jump into that starting lineup. Six-foot-one sophomore, Yvonne Ejim, six and a half minutes a game last year, 3.7 points, two rebounds, 61% from the field. And as we've talked about on this program, she broke out in a big way during the FIBA U19 World Cup uh, over the last few weeks where she was just a double-double machine and looks to have a big sophomore season for Gonzaga. Other options, like I talked about, six-foot-two redshirt sophomore, Eliza Hollingsworth, who played 10 games last season after recovering from multiple injuries, had two and a half points a game. Six foot two freshman Esther Little, who is a very, very promising forward from England, one of the best international recruits coming into Gonzaga. And then they've got two true centers who are either shot blockers or, you know, they're not going to be driving a whole bunch from the perimeter and being a stretch big or anything like that. They are six foot five redshirt senior. Anna Maria Virjogi, who averaged eight and a half minutes last year, just under two points and two rebounds a game. She shot 37% from the field. And then they got a transfer coming in from Syracuse, a six foot five, Maude Halbins, who, uh, according to the press release, sounds like she is going to use uh, an injury redshirt or a COVID redshirt, whichever one. Either way, she's going to have four years of eligibility left for Gonzaga. Like I said, she played one game at Syracuse last year before she got injured. So there's a look at the roster, and as we will talk about in the next segment, not a whole lot of scoring returning on this roster. Kaylee Trong is the returning scorer at under eight points a game. But what they do have, and what they've had pretty much every season under Lisa Fortier, is they're going to have some depth, and and I mean some quality, quality depth. They're going to have you know 12 players who can contribute at least uh, on any given day. What we know of the schedule right now, the only thing completely confirmed, at least that I know of, is the tournament in Hawaii over Thanksgiving weekend. They're going to face Utah, they're going to face Eastern Illinois, and they're going to face Hawaii in a four-team round-robin type event, again, in Hawaii over Thanksgiving week. They have had long-standing home-and-home series with multiple Big Sky teams, including Montana and Montana State, along with Eastern Washington. I imagine that those series should continue. I believe they also are having the return game of their home-and-home series with Wyoming coming up this year at the McCarthy Athletic Center. And then they've got two Pac-12 teams that they've also had long-standing home-and-homes with. One is Washington State. I'm not sure where they're at with that one. I believe this year is at home as well, but I'm not positive. Um, And then they've got Stanford. Again, with COVID last year and the scheduling all over the place. I'm not sure how many of these will continue, but if they get Stanford on the schedule, um, the last time they played, I believe was at Stanford. So they should be able to get them at home this year if the uh, series continues. And Stanford won the national championship last year, and they're probably going to be the preseason number one again this year. They are an insanely talented team and having the number one team in the country come to your home court is quite the non-conference matchup. And it's right up there with the men's game against Texas uh, as probably the two biggest games inside the McCarthy Athletic Center this year if that game were to happen. Okay, so there's a little bit of a primer for you on the 15 players on the roster this year, along with what the schedule looks like 
Coming up, we are going to put it all together now and talk about the three biggest storylines entering the Gonzaga women's season. What should we be watching for now that Jenworth, Leanne Worth, and Jill Townsend are gone and a whole new crop of players are looking to step up and fill those roles? Before we talk about that, I want to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. If you're not sure which flavor you want, Feel free to get a mixed box with multiple flavors. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy, but also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Not only do they have Built Bars right now, they've got Built protein balls. They've got coconut almond. They've got peanut butter brownie protein balls. Very excited to try those out. They've also got Built Puffs, coconut marshmallow flavored. And then if you just want a regular Built Bar, they've still got all the normal flavors for you. Salted caramel, cookies and cream, raspberry, coconut, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, mint brownie, all sorts of good stuff waiting for you at Built.com. So go to the website, Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at Built.com. Okay, coming up to finish the show, I want to analyze what I think are the three biggest storylines entering the season. If you listen closely to the roster that I just talked about, you'll notice that the leading returning scorer is Kaylee Trong, and she's averaging under eight points a game. So the biggest question entering this season is where does the scoring come from? Gonzaga averaged 71 points a game last season. Jill Townsend, Jen Worth, and Leanne Worth combined for 35 of those 71 points. So essentially, half of Gonzaga's scoring from last year is gone. So how do they replace that? My guess is that the two COVID seniors, Sierra Walker and Abby O'Connor, who were great at their previous stops at Vanderbilt and at Loyola Chicago, one of the leading scorers on both of those two rosters. Now that um, you know those three graduating players are gone in Townsend, Leanne Worth, and Jen Worth, I think those two COVID seniors are going to take a huge step up in production. They could be much more aggressive and they could be focal points of the offense. But they also have multiple talented forwards who are ready to break out. And we've talked about them before. And the biggest one seems to be Yvonne Ejim, who was absolutely fantastic in the FIBA U19 World Cup uh, over this summer. And she looks like that she is going to be the next superstar forward for Gonzaga. She shot a very efficient 61% from the field last year in limited time. And she is a rebounding machine, something that can get her offensive rebounds uh, along with easy putbacks and get to the free throw line where she's a pretty decent shooter. And then there's Melody Kempton, who probably runs the floor better than any of the Gonzaga bigs on this roster and arguably better than any of the bigs on last year's roster. I mean, she is just running down the court with reckless abandon. She's fantastic uh, at rim running and getting easy buckets in transition. So that's another way that Gonzaga can score a little bit more. And then they've got to kind of hope that these freshmen that are coming in, especially their five-star, Bree Salenbein, is ready to contribute right away. And that kind of leads us into our second storyline, which is, who wins rotation minutes this season? 
Lisa Fortier and her staff love to have a huge rotation in non-conference play. And I'm talking like 12 deep in non-conference. You'll see them. I mean, last year, the year before, you saw multiple games in the non-conference. Well, they'll play 12 players in the first half. And so, I mean, they give pretty much anybody that they think has a chance to contribute this season, they will give them the opportunity in the non-conference to show themselves, whether it's you know, two minutes or six minutes or 10 minutes, everybody that they think has a shot to play this year gets a chance in those first, you know, six to eight games of the season. So everybody, freshmen included, are going to get a chance to show what they can do. And then once conference season rolls around, typically they narrow that back down to eight or nine, at least over the last few years, it's been an eight to nine person rotation. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially at the guard spot, uh, I think the guard spot and then the um, starting probably like the four spot are the two most interesting spots uh, on the court because Kay Leetrong is going to play, you know, 25 to 30 minutes at the point guard spot, but they really don't have a super, super proven uh, backup point guard. Kay Lintrong can do it. Uh, but she is better off the ball. And so it would be great if Peyton Muma was ready right away as a freshman or if Michaela Williams takes her sophomore jump and is ready to play as a sophomore. But then they've also got these really versatile players that they're bringing in the freshman class. And one of those is Bree Salambine, who has played guard in the past, though she's probably going to be better suited on the wing. But if they need her or if they need Kylie Griffin or um, you know, if they need Callie Stokes, like any of these players who are super versatile that can fill in for spot minutes at the point guard spot, they're going to need a reliable backup point guard off the bench to back up Kaylee Trong. So that's probably the, the most interesting position for me is to see who steps up in the non-conference season as that backup point guard. And then the forward rotation is going to be super interesting as well. Melody Kempton, I think, is obviously a lock. She's been the sixth man each of the last couple seasons. Whether she's the sixth man again this year or whether she slots right into that starting lineup, I mean, she's going to play upwards of 20 to 25 minutes a night. I think Yvonne Ejim is clearly next in line uh, in those minutes. And then Eliza Hollingsworth, I think her ability to shoot the ball uh, from beyond the arc and be kind of a stretch big, I think she has a chance to play a lot of minutes as well. And then it's kind of up to Esther Little and then Bree Salenbine, who might be able to play the four spot a little bit along with the wing, like I said, she's super versatile. And then Esther Little, Anna Verjogi, Maude Halbins, the freshmen from Syracuse. They've got basically eight or nine options at the four and five spots. And it is going to be a battle in practices, a battle in the non-conference, uh, a battle in games, just to see who ends up in that final eight to nine person rotation when um, you know conference play rolls around. And I've mentioned the versatility with a lot of these players and that leads into the final storyline to watch this year and that is will the style of play change at all for this Gonzaga women's basketball team because each of the last few years basically under Lisa Fortier they have been very very um, heavily reliant on their bigs whether it's Jill Barta or the Worths um, any of the bigs that they've had on their roster, they've been playing through them. There's a lot of interior play, cross screens to get them open uh, under the basket. And now they've got more versatile wings 
and more versatile forwards who can drive the ball from the perimeter as opposed to playing, you know, just straight up high low. I mean, like Yvonne Ejim can drive the ball from the perimeter. Eliza Hollingsworth can shoot the ball from beyond the arc, something they've really only had with Jill Barta when she was on campus. Um, Esther Little, she's going to be able to drive the ball from beyond the arc. Callie Stokes, Bree Salenbein, like a lot of these players are super, super versatile and can put the ball on the floor and they can shoot it a little bit. So it's a little bit of a different roster makeup than they've had over the last couple of seasons. So I'm interested to see what the Gonzaga women's coaching staff does in terms of their style of play. They've always wanted to play a little bit up-tempo with their bigs. Um, And like I said, Melody Kempton is super good at running the court. They're not going to stop doing that. If they can score in transition, they will. But in the half-court game, I'm interested to see if they change their style of play, maybe go to more of a perimeter base, like a four-round one type offense, as opposed to having two bigs on the interior, maybe having four perimeter players and one big with more driving lanes, um, something like that. So I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. Just the versatility that they've got with their wings and their forwards who can play multiple positions all over the court. I think it's going to be really interesting to see if they um, kind of do something a little bit different this year with their offense. And with the scoring that they're losing with the Worths gone and with Jill Townsend gone, I think they're going to be experimenting a little bit with different stuff and, and you know, finding ways to score the ball with this versatile roster that they have. So I'm super interested just from an X's and O's perspective to see what Lisa Fortier and her staff do with this roster. I think the if you're looking for a best case and a worst case scenario for this Gonzaga women's team, I would say a worst case scenario is probably third place in the WCC. BYU is going to be really good next year. They may end up being the preseason number one in the conference. Portland has a young roster. They're going to be pretty good again. That's about it. I think Gonzaga, worst case scenario, could finish third in the WCC. I don't see that happening, but if you know all things don't go well, it's a possibility. I think their ceiling is second weekend of the NCAA tournament, but that is, um, obviously it's a ceiling, so a lot has to go right. They have to get much better play from their COVID seniors in Sierra Walker and Abby O'Connor. They've kind of got to figure out what the rotation is. Kaylee Trong has to be a little bit more efficient at the point guard spot. But if it all comes together, I mean, they're going to be a borderline top 25 team again. Um, They can get, you know, a single digit seed in the NCAA tournament. And then, I mean, basically each of the last two years, they've been one bounce away from winning uh, their NCAA tournament games. And hopefully this season, those bounces go their way. And hopefully they can get back to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, we are going to do the exact same thing on the men's side of things. We are going to break down their non-conference schedule, talk about which one of those non-conference opponents pose the biggest threat to Gonzaga, and then we're going to give the three biggest storylines to watch on the men's side as we head into the season. Before we go today, if you are a baseball fan, betting on the MLB does not have to be a guessing game anymore if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget you can rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating. You can follow me on Twitter at SCARGO. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show, feel free to do so. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday. We will see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.